Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 223 of the Speaking Club podcast. I want to start the show with a quote from Carl Chandler, an actor with roles in Grey's Anatomy and the recent story of Uber Super Pumped. Opportunity doesn't knock. It presents itself when you beat the door down. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, hey, hope you're well. Thanks for joining me again. Now, I want to start off the show by telling you about my great uncle Bill. Now, my great uncle Bill worked at the post office all his life. He started out there as an apprentice as a young boy and retired as a senior manager. Sadly, my great uncle is no longer with us and neither is the type of employer-provided job security enjoyed by his generation. Do you know, I was trying to count back and I think over the course of my 20 plus years in the corporate world, I was part of or led at least 20 change projects that resulted in staff layoffs. So today, unless you are in the public sector, it is highly unlikely that you'll stay with the same employer. And in some ways, you're likely to be limiting your potential and prospects if you don't move around. In this context, seeing yourself as a product and understanding how to market yourself and ideas and projects is really important. And that's where elevator pitches can help. Now they're often thought of as only relevant for entrepreneurs, salespeople and business owners. But I'm here to let you know that if you're an employee, then you also need to understand how to create a great pitch too. And that's because not only do you need to provide your own job security, but also because opportunities to grow your career or make valuable connections can come anytime, any place and anywhere. So it's important that you have a pitch that works and gives you the confidence to shine. And in this show, I'm going to share firstly all the reasons why you need a pitch, the big mistakes people make and the ingredients of a great pitch, as well as some examples to show you how it works. And my aim is by the end of the show, you understand what you need to do to create a pitch that works and gives you the confidence to share about what you do or your idea or project in a way that will not only uh, engage people, but persuade them to see things your way too. So I want to open up with the reasons why you need to understand how to create a compelling pitch. And the most obvious one, we've kind of touched on it, is that you need to be able to showcase the value of what you do so that you can move up the career ladder, either in your existing organization or at a new one. And this is not just in an interview context, because as I've said, 
job opportunities can often come up as a result of meeting new connections at events or social gatherings or even around the water cooler at work. And if you are able to recognize and maximize those opportunities by understanding how to position your skills and experience in a way that's engaging, memorable and solves a problem that that person might have, then you will most definitely be on the radar for existing or future roles. But of course, if there is a specific vacancy advertised you want to go for, then being able to use those same skills in a compelling cover letter or during an interview will, of course, increase your chances of getting the job. But getting a new job isn't the only reason you need good pitching skills. As you probably know, one of the most sought-after skills in employees is being able to influence stakeholders. And to be able to do this successfully means tapping into those same skills. And of course, there are also actual sales teams whose job and future are dependent on their ability to pitch well and make sales, obviously. So the aim of your pitch, whatever it's for, whoever it's to, is that you are able to sell without it feeling to the other person like they're being sold to. Because even though we love to buy, we hate being sold to. Okay, so it's clear that being able to put a great pitch together is going to help your career in multiple ways. And now I want to look at a few of the many traps that I see people falling into with their pitching. First off is something I've talked about a lot on the show, and that is failing to grab attention right out of the gate. If you're a regular listener, You will already know, as I've said before, that our brains have three levels. At the bottom is the oldest part of our brain, responsible for our fight or flight decisions. And this part is sometimes known as the monkey brain, the chimp brain, the reptile brain, or as I call it, the croc brain. Next up in the the part of our brains is the social part. And right at the top is the newest bit, our neocortex, which is where we do our logic and reasoning. But what is important for you to know is that every piece of information we receive in whatever medium goes to the oldest part of our brain first. And just like a bouncer, who is the gatekeeper for people getting into events and nightclubs, the croc brain is like a bouncer for information reaching the more sophisticated parts of our mind. Now, the criteria it uses to decide whether to pay attention to or ignore the piece of information in front of it are, is it dangerous? Is it new or is it complicated? So if you want to get something past the crock brain to be considered at a higher level or even to, to make sure that it continues paying attention to what you're talking about, you need to tap into a fear or use curiosity, and keep things as simple as possible. And one of the big mistakes I see people make is that they'll write a pitch using that new part, that neocortex, assuming that the message is going to be received at the same level in the person they're speaking to or their audience. 
And that is like Einstein writing for Homer Simpson. Another big mistake I see is that people only talk to a surface level problem and they fail to make their pitch compelling enough for their audience to take action. Because you see, if you want someone to remember you, shortlist you, hire you, or say yes to your idea or proposal, then you've got to create a burning platform. And that burning platform can be around what the person or organization or audience desires most or fears the most. Or in other words, the underlining pain that the problem causes or the transformation that they're seeking. And in order to know what those are, you're either going to have to ask questions on the spot if you're talking to a person that you've just met or do the research and thinking in preparation if it's a stakeholder or organization that you want to target. And this is no different to the work you need to do to make a talk land with your audience. It's the same stuff. Now, the last trap I want to mention revolves around your weak spots. If you're doing a personal pitch, then these will be the things in your skills or experience that you feel aren't quite where you need them to be. If you're doing a pitch for an idea or project, then it will be those things in your proposal that may raise red flags to the person that you're talking to. And if it's a sales pitch, it's the objections that come up for people uh, once they've bought into the idea, even just sort of say, see the value of it, but it's then the buts that come after that. Now, a lot of people will shy away from addressing these potential flaws, but the people who have most success are those who not only tackle these issues head on, but can reframe them as positives. I have a member in my speaking club live who is in the corporate world and they feel that in comparison to other people in their team, they're not as confident in sharing their thoughts and opinions in meetings. They often stay quiet and that's because they're much more comfortable influencing stakeholders one-to-one outside the meeting. But the other person in their team who is in competition for roles with them is like a steamroller and always the first person to share what they're thinking. Now, in this instance, we've been working on reframing that perceived weakness as a strength. So when talking about meetings, they might say if they're in a job interview or just chatting to someone who has influence on their future, they will say their preferred influencing style is to speak to key stakeholders outside of the meeting so that they're able to get the buy-in ahead of time or know what the issues are that need to be addressed. And also that in the meetings, they want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to say what they think uh, and hear all views on the table. And that's reframing something which might be seen as negative. I don't actually think is true in relation to this person. I think it's a limiting belief that they have, but is reframing that as a positive. So doing the work to understand where the issues might come up so that you're able to address them proactively will get you much closer to a yes. And it will also show that you're thinking about the person's uh, issues that you're speaking to. You've done the work to think about them. Okay, so having shared 
some of the potential mistakes you can make, I wanted to move on to what you need to include in your pitch. Now, it probably won't be a surprise to you to hear me say that your pitch needs to have an opening hook to grab the attention of the croc brain. And that hook should be related to the problem and pain you can solve for the person you're speaking to, either through the value you add personally or the idea or project that you're pitching. You also need to include who you are and how you solve that problem and pain and why you're different. You also need to talk about why it matters to you. And lastly, to have a question that carries on the conversation. So in summary, the simple pitch structure is the problem and pain, how you solve it, why it matters to you and the question. And I thought the best thing to do would be to illustrate this using a few examples. And I've chosen a mix of examples to show you how you can use this even at entry level roles, as well as a project pitch example too. Okay, so let's start with an example of the structure where a recruitment administrator is asked, so what do you do? As you probably know, employers are in a war for talent at the moment and often candidates are lost because recruitment processes are too slow or don't sell the company well enough. And that's where I come in. My aim is to ensure that the company gives the candidate the best experience throughout the recruitment process and that things are turned around quickly so that we get the best person for the job. I've worked in recruitment administration for a number of years and I've seen how important it is to get things done right first time and on time. So that's what I aim to do. What are the challenges you've experienced in recruiting people recently? Okay, up next is what I call an aspirational pitch. So let's say that recruitment administrator wanted to move into a role at the next level in HR. Employee engagement and well-being have never been more important. If an employee feels valued and looked after, they're more likely to perform in the role and stay with the company. And that's where I want to add value to an organisation. I see the role of HR advisor as my next career step. I want to ensure that managers are given the help they need to successfully engage their teams and that individual employees get the support they need at each stage of the employment journey. Alongside working as an HR administrator, I've been studying for my HR qualifications and getting involved in additional projects at work where I can. What advice would you give me for being a successful? What advice would you give me for being successful in an advisor role? Okay, next is a real pitch that I wrote a few years back for an IT guy who moved to a new area. Hi, I'm Jamie, and I help companies to keep their IT systems running smoothly and serving the needs of the business and its employees. I've spent 18 years as a system support specialist working for a number of different companies in multiple sectors in multiple countries. I'm used to supporting a high volume of workstations in multiple locations to diagnose and resolve network, hardware and software issues. I'm not your typical techie though because I'm an extrovert that loves working with people and yet I'm task focused and highly organised. This makes me a great pick for projects 
and I've led many system migrations and contributed to innovations in the application and infrastructure space that have generated savings and efficiencies. I've just moved to the area and I'm looking for roles in the IT engineering production support areas where I can continue to learn and provide value. Okay, and lastly, here is a pitch for a systems change. I think that there's a way that we can transform our back office efficiency and turn it into a competitive advantage. The back office is where the customer's needs are fulfilled and a great performance here can win brand ambassadors or drive customers into the arms of competitors. Like you, I'm passionate about administration and having worked across multiple industries, I know what gets results. We can systemize and streamline business processes, improving productivity, saving costs, and enabling us to focus more on doing what we're good at. What's your view on the importance of customer fulfillment in business? There you go. A few examples there that I hope illustrate what we've been talking about today. And I also hope that it's given you a better understanding of why you need a pitch, the traps to avoid and what should go in it, and the simple structure that you can use to create yours. And of course, if you want to get more help with your pitching, you can pick up a free copy of my book on pitching straight to the top, and you can get that from saraharcher.co.uk slash pitching. And of course, if you want to practice, the Speaking Club Live is a great place to come and test out all aspects of your speaking skills, whether that's pitching, keynotes, networking presentations, webinars, or podcasts. Okay, here are your takeaways for today. Understanding how to make a compelling and engaging pitch about yourself or your idea or project is going to help you grow your influence and your career. You've got to create your pitch with the crock brain in mind and make sure it grabs attention, is engaging and compelling for the person you're speaking to. The elements of a great pitch are an opening hook relating to the problem and pain, showing how you solve the problem, why it matters to you, and a great segue question. If you have weak points in your skills, experience or project, make sure you address these proactively and try to reframe them in a positive way. Okay, so I hope that you found all of that useful. And if you did, let me know. Come and connect with me on LinkedIn or I'm on Instagram, Facebook and all sorts. Or another way to show that you got value is to leave a rating or review for the show. And it will just take you a couple of minutes and it would be fantastic if you, if you could do that. I love it. I enjoy reading them. Whether they're, it's Just as long as it's honest as well. It doesn't have to be glowing, just honest. And you can do that over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. So all that's left for me to say is thank you so much as ever for choosing to listen to The Speaking Club. And if you want some help with your speaking, uh, I've mentioned a couple of things already, but there are other things available at saraharcher.co.uk or you can book in for a one-to-one chat with me too. Until next time, as ever, don't you forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. If you want to discover how to create a killer pitch that makes you or your business stand out from the crowd, then you'll want to grab your copy of my book straight to the top. 
It will help you clarify your USP, your business story, who your target market is, and what will make them buy. You'll discover how to get the edge on the competition and position your offer for success. You'll also get proven elevator and investor pitch frameworks to use for maximum impact. To get the book for free plus lots of extra bonuses, you just pay shipping and handling, go to standoutpitch.com today.